Welcome to Out the Back Door, where your host, Adrian Apostolatis, talks about everything from your back door to the back fence and all the bits in between. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Out the Back Door. I'm here with uh, an old and dear friend of mine, Rob Rudy, from Equilibrium Pools. And pool renovation and new pool builds is something that comes up for me all the time. So I thought I would bring the expert in today to share some of his wealth about his time in the pool industry and uh, give everyone here some uh, nuggets of gold that they can take away with them. So, mate, welcome and thank you for joining me today. Mate, thank you very much for the opportunity. It's uh, really nice to be here. No, thank you. Well, tell me a little bit about your background. I mean, we've known each other for probably the best part of 10 years and you've got a vast experience in, in people's backyards. So how did you end up here today? Look, I've been in industry for approximately 20 years. I went through and did a structural landscaping apprenticeship uh, at Ride Horticultural TAFE. And uh, I did that just because I loved it. I loved the industry. I love construction and I love being outdoors. Yeah. From there, went on and uh, essentially owned and operated a, uh, a landscape firm that, that did very well. And we and that's how up, we met. That's yep. how we met. Yep. And um, I moved on from there into teaching at Ride Horticultural TAFE. Uh, in structural landscaping or landscape construction uh, yep. on a part-time basis while I set up my pool building uh, company. Uh, I got into pool building because as a landscaper, I used to deal with a lot of pool builders and I thought that there's got to be an easier way to do this. A better way to do it, yep. yeah. Yeah, and, and and that leads us to where we are now. You know, um, once again, we're outdoors, we're working in construction, we love what we do and we're very passionate about it. I can tell. I can tell. And knowing you and the quality and your integrity and seeing your social media stories and videos and you do things a little bit differently, I think that's why you and I connect because of not only your passion but your values for, for what you stand by. And I think in today's building game, I think we can all share stories about the good and the bad, but I think for me, you do things once, you do it the right way and you're honest about it and you're up front and I think that that bears fruit in the long run and I know that's the game that, that you you play as well too. So, Which brings me on to my first question in terms of people's backyards and essentially pool building. Where do you see people getting stuck in terms of that, that process? There's a number of areas where I see people... Uh, getting stuck. Those areas particularly are based around information, uh, knowing the legislation and knowing the laws. So that would go almost, that's going right back to the beginning before you're even putting a shovel in the ground, essentially. Yeah, definitely. Essentially, this is going back to the design stage. Yeah. I think like like all good building or, or landscape or pool building, it's got to start with a quality design. And that quality design, uh, you know, has to not only be aesthetic uh, and have great form and function, but it's got to tick the boxes legally. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I find people getting stuck when they don't have access to the right information. So in terms of, I guess, sometimes people can segment things. So whether they, they almost do a design themselves or get a designer and then 
the builder isn't involved, so A isn't talking to B, and then they think they've got the perfect design, but then the builder would come out and say, well, you haven't thought about this, or there's an easement in the way, or X, Y, Z, and then that's where things get stuck. Would that be right, or...? Yeah, that's definitely part of it and and uh, a large part of it in communication. Uh, it's always good to work with a design team that knows and understands about construction. Yeah, uh, I find someone, the same. Yeah, yeah, someone that works uh, essentially and knows spans of timber or, or dimensions of bricks and blocks and, and all of these, you know, uh, cornerstones that we use in in the in industry, you know, widths and lengths of tiles, you know. So we're essentially coming back to, I don't want cut tiles in here as a finish. Uh, you know, I want a nice full width tile. So things like that to come and consider, and then we work backwards from there. Like you look at the the big picture now. If we don't have someone that can essentially have that construction knowledge and be mm-hmm. able to work back, then. Uh, they come over with a great design that's not considered to be a working drawing. Yeah. And um, from there you will find a builder will pick holes in it and say, well, we can't do this or we can't do that or how do you want me to build this? So it's always good to have someone that's got that construction knowledge who is is doing your design. Because ultimately then that would help people not get so peed off in in terms of the process because then they're not going backwards and forwards or and then ultimately it's it's, it's not going to cost them as much money because they've got a smoother process so i get everyone's happier in the long run yeah i definitely would agree that it speeds up the process and um yeah obviously it takes a lot of stress out of it working with people uh, and particularly like designers and builders who have good knowledge of legislation based on uh, legalities that we can and we can't do around construction in your backyard. Uh, you mentioned easements before. Yeah. It's super important to make sure that, uh, you know, we can navigate an easement, work outside of zones of influence and stuff like that. Uh, that knowledge is priceless when you're in this stage, uh, essentially, of designing and um getting ready to build a project. And you'd want to know that type of information early, essentially, because I, I, I know for me, I'd imagine for you, a thousand times more easements would pop up quite a few times. So if you don't know about that or if people want to brush that aside, then that's going to lead to their frustration in the long run. But how, how do you deal with that or what's your what's your process in terms of getting that information together at the beginning? Look, when we go out and we meet clients for uh, an initial site meeting to discuss their views and uh, uh, and essentially ask what they're after and in a main way look at a thousand Pinterest photos that have yeah. been <laughs> downloaded and this is what I want and, yeah. and that sort of stuff. When we're signing up with that client and that's just initial for us to give them a no-obligation tender we're starting to do dial before you dig searches on their property. We're starting to consider fence heights and um, you know right to privacy mm. issues. Where we're essentially making sure that we take in consideration trees, power lines, all different sorts of things you know that that might affect uh, the build, mm. the end result, or essentially the process that's going to get you to that end result. Yeah, no, it's good. To, I think. 
you and I are similar in terms of having that little checklist at the beginning. It, it, I've said it numerous times already today. It's going to alle- alleviate headaches down the long run. But I'd imagine at the beginning too, you'd have some other harder questions, which I think if you don't address then, like in terms of budget, et cetera, that otherwise if they don't get brought up then, they're going to they're gonna pop up, the nail's going to pop up somewhere along the line. And if people are thinking this grand design pool with waterfalls and slippery sides and bits and pieces, then if they're, if, if they're on a beer budget but they've got a champagne design, it's the two aren't going to meet. So, yeah, yeah is, you address is, that early? I think it's something that we have to address early and if it's not addressed early, then essentially we're going to put it in the hands of an architect, whether it uh, be a client appointed architect or uh, someone from our architectural team, Mm. and they're going to design you the champagne budget because obviously they want the best design and the best vision for your backyard. And then uh, potentially that's going to be priced and situations uh, might stack up where we can't essentially shoehorn every one of those wish list items into a budget. And let's be honest, Adrian, every project that we work on uh, essentially has a budget this size and a wish list this size. And we're constantly trying to move uh, uh, bits and pieces or shoehorn different areas into it. There's no project that's, that's different. So knowing someone's budget early is not a situation of turning around to them and going, oh, great, we can, we can grab that much off them. Knowing them is turning around and going, or knowing that budget, should I say, is turning around and being able to say, okay, well, we can make that work in there yeah. and we can make yep. that work in there. And there's plenty of times where knowing someone's budget and knowing someone's wish list, we can make allocations to put in allowances yeah. so they might uh, be able to move on to the alfresco and cabana, things like that, in the next six months yeah. when the budget replenishes. Yeah. It might be essentially uh, garden lighting or irrigation or something like that where they turn around and we do stages of a project yeah. and we, we might get gardens in and we move on later on into the garden lighting and the irrigation because they don't just squeeze into that budget. So there's many ways to skin a cat. And um, But the two things in terms of design and budget, they've got to dovetail in with each other because 100%. I see it so often where you're right, they've got this magnificent design, but if they don't match, then it just leads to that disappointment. Often I'm, I'll start at the dream and then go, okay, well, the dream is the budget, then, okay, out of that dream, what's the top three? What are the must-haves? Let's make sure we can include those. And like you were saying, whether you stage the rest of it or you make allowances, but if you don't know that, and this is where I see other people getting stuck or frustrated or pissed off or whatever, then um, it's because they haven't had those conversations at the beginning and, and they think they're getting X when in reality they're getting Y. Definitely, yeah. yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Look, working in industry, both in Australia and, you know, overseas through Europe and that, I've seen that story many, many times over. Yeah. Yeah, having a good understanding of of your budget early is, is key and making sure that the people that you're working with, having a good understanding of your budget is also key. So don't be scared of having those honest conversations don't keep your cards close to your chest put everything out on the table 
and that'll that'll lead to a, a better result at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely in certain areas. I think yeah. there's, I mean, with everyone, there's certain things that they keep close to their chest, but there's certain, uh, there's definitely uh, important things about, you know, knowing your budget. One thing you sort of touched upon before in terms of items to consider was legislation and, and I'd imagine also council too. For me, most of our work goes through an approval process, which I'd imagine would be the same for you. Every one of my projects goes through an approval project how do, process. How do you how do you handle that, or how do you find DAs and CDCs? Or so I mean, the way the system is set up currently, we try to push as many projects through uh, CDC as possible. For any reason in particular, or. It's it's uh, there's a few less costs and uh, it's definitely a quicker process. Yeah. One would even say probably a little easier. The reason, well, let's say we build twenty four pools a year. I don't build a million pools a year. We mm. build twenty four pools. Uh, we do that because we're structured and we like to start two a month. We like to turn over two in the middle and essentially finish two a month. And we find mm. with our team and our skills that suits our capacity. With that situation happening, I would say 20 of our pools on average go through CDC. Right. There's other pools that, well, CDC is a process. It's called a Compliant Development Certificate. It was put in place by the New South Wales State Government and uh, it was to try and uh, essentially remove people from sitting for months and months and months in, in waiting for DA and councils. But essentially it still is a a checklist and it's a black and white It's setup. very black and white. So if you miss one box, you're out of the game, whereas DA gives you more of that potentially, depending, a bit more flexibility. But you, it swings and roundabouts. That's it, yeah. That's that's where I was going. I was going to say if, if we don't tick one box on that CDC, then we're over into a DA. Mm. Now, there's some times that we could get a pull through CDC but it's not going to give the client the what result they that they're after. Yeah. Right. And essentially uh, it's going to be a better result on that swimming pool when it goes through a DA situation. The DA takes a bit longer. Your neighbours have to be notified. And not only that, but it takes longer because it goes through council process. But coming back to what we were saying before, I think if, we, if you know what the client wants at the beginning – then you can a good designer should go through that process and essentially go well actually if we could do it quicker but it means that one of those key things that you wanted you're going to have to go without because it, that'll tick the box from a CDC point of view but we could get everything you wanted but it's going to take longer going through a DA we can sum that up very quickly generally in in the case of our projects where we didn't Generally, talking with clients and, and getting their vision and, and that sort of thing, looking at their blocks, potentially looking at pervious and impervious uh, ratios of houses and landscaped areas or hard surfaces yep. and soft surfaces, and looking at trees, uh, looking at uh, essentially height out of ground uh, and stuff like that. And generally, very quickly, we can sum up whether that client would be, if, if they, if that's what they want and that's exactly what they're set on, right, that we're going through a DA or a CDC process. Yeah. yeah. 
But that's come through your experience and your checklist. It's come through yeah, 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 a, yeah. A, a lot of work over many years. Good. What are some of the things that people should start to think about or some of the things they need to get right when they I mean, we've touched upon a few already, but in terms of when they're starting their pool design and their build process, what do you think are the top three things that people need to really focus on? I think we've covered working with the, um, the right operator. Yeah, you know, or the right team, or I've heard it uh, in other areas called uh, your A team. So essentially, getting yourself your architect who you'd like to work with. Essentially, uh, your builder, your pool builder, your landscaper who you'd like to work with, and 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 and, and your certifier, uh, and ensuring that or your engineer, and ensuring that all of these people are speaking the same language. Yeah, right. That's that's so important. It's the mortar between the bricks that that keeps everything flowing. And yeah, it sure yeah. is. And you want to look for solutions based people. Yeah, right. That's that's so important. There's there's no project that we work on where there isn't an issue. Yeah, right. Uh, and that that's been through landscaping, pool building. Uh, I work with a lot of uh, Sydney's top builders. Uh, a lot of architects, uh, a lot of engineers, and essentially we might be on the phone with someone uh, for a project that's coming up and the architects say, well, we've had this situation, how do we arise or, or, or move around this situation? How can we do uh, work this situation without cutting any corners and make mm. sure we're ticking the boxes? So we're always looking for solutions. Yeah. And that happens on every project. Do you want yeah. solutions-based people on... Um, on your projects, you essentially you want a holistic uh, approach, you know. So what do you mean by that? We walk into projects Sydney wide. I mean, there's there's different areas, there's different sizes of blocks, there's different designs in houses. Um, so if you think, say, what we're saying before, say, difference between say an eastern suburbs block to somewhere out, say, uh, dural and bits and pieces more acreage. Smaller, yeah. etc. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, different blocks have uh, different requirements. They're different sizes. They've got different ratios, and and there's different results that you're you're after for for each block. So I mean, that needs to be considered holistically mm. with uh, the design. Somewhere where we can have generally, well, where we have great results is where we can have a swimming pool essentially talk to a beautiful outdoor area, uh, a beautiful entertaining area, somewhere where the uh, the energy of the house flows from inside to outside. Yeah. Um, we find clients that uh, when we've got that pool that does talk to the house in such ways that they use that swimming pool 10 times more, more yeah. than the, what they would if, if they say to us, just tuck the pool yeah, around it. Around the side of the property, so yeah, I'd say uh, you know getting the right people, essentially the holistic approach, a theme that's definitely important, and having that theme tie back in to terms the, of design, or definitely yep. in terms of design and in terms of uh, product, in terms of functionality, and having that theme work back with the design of the property or the style, should I say, of, yeah. of the property uh, to create a theme I think is very important. 
and that would almost that could start from the house through the outdoor, the alfresco into the pool, and everything again needs to flow within each other rather than just almost having something that ends up like a bit of a patchwork quilt in your backyard. It definitely does start at the house. I mean, that's so important. And there's been times where we've gone out to tender projects and and we'll have someone approach us and say, I uh, just want you to price me for a pool over there. And we go, great. I mean, what's your vision for the property? And they say, oh, well, in a year we're going to have extensions done to the house. Um, essentially, that's in design at the moment, but, we'll, you know, that's, that doesn't worry you. And I'm like, well, it, well, it, it does. does. Yeah. It definitely yeah. does, and it worries me because I want to give you the best result. Uh, I don't want that pool out there sitting out there like a, a pimple, Yeah, you know, where it could actually be something where... It's uh, integrated. Because there's two things that you want out of a swimming pool. I mean, it, aesthetic review, I, I, I mean, uh, it's a big water feature in your backyard. Yeah. And uh, back to functionality, you've got yep. your family swimming in it. So in in times of the year when people walk into your house and, and essentially walk out into your open entertaining area or, or, or your area that opens onto the backyard, that has to be a feature. Yeah. It doesn't have to dominate the yard, and in no way do you know. Am I saying that it has to be the dominating factor in the yard? But it mm. definitely has to complement everything that's there. Yeah, I think in terms of and what I'd written down next to to sort of chat about was was linking the the alfresco and what you've just mentioned. Essentially, starting at that back door, linking the alfresco to the pool. Where I see people struggling is exactly what you've just mentioned, where people are just saying this is that one space and just focus on that and you start poking and prodding and going, well, what about this? Well, how are you going to get from your back door through the deck down? Where's the stairs going to go? And where's your gate to the pool? And you can see it's, the conversation almost slows right down. You can th- see things, the wheels starting to tick because, oh, well, no one's asked that before. Well, they're the things you've got to think about early. Otherwise, you're going to be doing... 15 loops and six zigzags to get from A to B and then you, you won't be using either the alfresco space or, or the pool when you when you most want to. Yeah, definitely not getting the value out of it that you could with a few minor considered changes. Yeah, yeah. What else do you think people should really be focusing on? Is there anything else that over your experience, whether it is even from your landscaping background or into the pool side of things that that pop up quite often? I think the word timeless, if you're going to uh, be looking at constructing something in your your backyard or, or on your property and you're going to be at that property for, you know, a lengthened period of time, then yeah. apart from maintaining it, you want it to look as good in 10, 15, 20 years' time as it does when, at you, the beginning. when you put it in. So many times we see people uh, follow trends that they might see on the block or yeah. or something like that, like one of the latest construction shows. And and uh, initial on initial site visit, visits, uh, sorry, I can walk into someone's property and I go, well, you did that in 98, you, know, you, you did that in 2007. And, yeah. and they're like, well, yeah, how do you know? And I'm like, yeah. well, we were, we were using a lot of that product and yeah. – so uh, in that stage, there's, there's no theme and it's definitely not timeless. Yeah. So 
you, you if you're going to make an investment like a pool or an alfresco area or a landscape, and it is an investment, it's something that we talk about a balanced lifestyle and, mm. and equilibrium and that balance in, mm. in, in our company. And that's what we like to essentially provide people in life. Well, you, you want it to reward you for many years to come. You want to be able to use that investment. It's you, They're you not do. spending 50 bucks. So no. it, I think often I tell people to go slower at the beginning to then go faster at the end. I see people going at a bull at a gate. I need this. I need and Why? Mm. What was your thought? Tell me your thought. Pro- how did you get to that point? Because then it helped me understand and then we can add my two cents in and another two cents and we can get a better result. I see people so often going so quick that they miss a lot of these things and then that's where they struggle at the end. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think it all comes back to the design that we were talking about there. Uh, Getting the the start right. Getting the design right, uh, making sure that design ticks all of the boxes, you know, running that design past your architect, your engineer, um, all of your your you know, Sydney water tap-ins and, and all of that and making sure that all the parameters uh, are ticked and yet you're getting what you want, you know, on, on a budget uh, yeah. that works for you. Yeah. Mate, I have written down more notes that I can poke a stick at today. Um, some of the things that that I've, I've listed down and taking away in terms of We've just touched upon it then in terms of getting the design right, but also your communication and your budget right at the beginning. I think think so much of our conversation really comes back to that that starting point, getting that right to get the end point right. Um, but other words that you've used in terms of uh, flow and integration, I use I use flow all the time. Um, holistic approach, a theme. I've never thought about a theme, but that's a good thing in terms of. I guess flowing through the the whole of the house. Yeah, so. when you when you think uh, in particular about styles of houses, and um, you know uh, styles of landscape design, am I going for architectural planting? You know, uh, or or have we got a theme where we're looking at uh, some sort of uh, semi tropical style of uh, thing or um, you know, are we going for a formal theme? Yeah. You know, uh, these things, uh, we don't throw areas in with uh, a hodgepodge. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, we, we, will, we will aim to choose a theme and then when we find that theme, we will lock onto it yeah. and, and move in that direction. Perfect, perfect. Well, mate, I've taken so much out of this today. I'm sure... Well, Thanks, mate. I, I Thanks hope for having us along. No, my pleasure. I think there's a lot of nuggets of gold there and I think you and I think alike so I think that was uh, uh, there's a lot of elements there that people can hopefully make their experience a lot more enjoyable throughout their backyard renovations but like how, how should people get reach out to you what's the best way to get in contact with you if they're looking for a, a pool rebuild and getting their backyard up to speed you can find us on our website uh, www.equilibriumpools.com.au you can contact us. All of our contact details are either on our website or on the web. We have social media, Instagram, Facebook, 
I don't know if I, I do this TikTok stuff or any of that. I'm probably a bit old for that sort of stuff. Well, I'll put all your links in the in the show notes at the base, but um, definitely I recommend people to get in, in touch and, uh, and any questions, don't hesitate to send through. But again, thank you so much for being a part of us today. Thanks for having me, mate. I really appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. If something was mentioned that you'd like more info on or simply have a question, contact details are in the show notes. Out the Back Door is proudly brought to you by Emanate Co, where they make families smile through the creation of inspired alfresco rooms.